It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Success Coaching Live. My name is Eric Reed, and I am your host for this afternoon, and I'm so glad you took time to join me. If this is your first time stepping into Success Coaching Live, welcome, welcome, welcome. What we do is we gather here on Friday afternoon and Share some ideas about building a life of success, leading a life of success, and building our businesses and our dreams and the life that we want. And we do that through just 30 minutes of discussing ideas and talking about topics that I run across in my business as a coach and a consultant and in my own personal journey as an entrepreneur and business builder. And I bring that to you so that we can share that wisdom, share that experience, and share that growth. So welcome. Several of you I notice are also people who join me every Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern for Success Coaching Live Lessons on Facebook. And then, you know, we just wrapped up a fun day Friday. If you haven't had the, the, the fun, I guess we should say, of joining me on a fun day Friday, you got to do it. You just, you just got to do it. I get to invite some of my friends and we have a little bit of fun and we talk about business, we talk about life, we talk about, today we talked about transplants, um, organ transplants, faith, courage, vision, and bank accounts. I know, it seems like a random topic and a, and a bouncing across a lot of things, but if you didn't get a chance to watch it, check out the one with Dr. Gale. I, I tell you, man, I learned a lot and I was supposed to be the host, so... Let's get started on learning this lesson about following your gut, you know, following your gut and making better decisions. I said I sort of had this do or die, gun to the head kind of test. Um, And what I meant by that is often over the course of my life, I've come to believe that the best decision maker is my gut. It's my instinct. Now, I know there are many, many times that I have disregarded my gut, that I've sort of had this internal voice, this internal feeling, this guide that was saying, go this. And for some reason, I chose not to listen, whether it was an external, uh, a voice of a friend or a colleague or somebody that I admired or thought knew better, whether it was my own doubts or fears singing into my head and, and drowning out that voice, whether it was something that I had intellectualized or rationalized as a better choice than what my gut was telling me, often what I found is when I didn't go with my gut, I tended to regret it later. And and this isn't just a one-time thing. Over and over, I've learned that when I sit in silence, when I take the moment to, to really gut into it, as I sometimes say, there's there's wisdom in that. Now, my coach and mentor says that there isn't a question that I can ask myself that I don't already know the answer to. 
And so that sort of echoes into that idea of I already know what's right. I just haven't figured out how to hear it. And so I often find that's what that gut instinct is about. That, (coughs) excuse me, that do or die moment where I have to make a decision and then jump. And so the, the question begins, how do we learn to trust our gut? How do we get into that awareness? How do we learn how to hear ourselves? I know it sounds really odd that we don't hear ourselves or hear our internal compass. The idea of trusting the gut check has been discussed over and over again by Malcolm Gladwell in his book called Blink. It appears in many of the contemporary entrepreneur, teacher, practice thinkers, go with why, understand your purpose, see your vision, purpose, and passion. All of that speaks about our gut. You know, it's not to say that we discount the intellect. We discount the research. We discount the, the stats and figures and, and, and data that's in front of us. But we also have to be willing to check in with those emotions in the decision-making process. Now, I'm not somebody who is going to just jump in blind faith, but I'm also not no longer going to be trapped by the, well, what is the most rational decision? All external force-driven. That idea of being focused on that that external idea of what is right for me is to deny the infinite internal wisdom that was given to me. To be able to to know that I am fully resourced, the only thing that I really lack is the question because the answer exists. So how? How? I told you that we're going to gather, we're going to talk about building our gut instinct. So now you're like, enough, enough, enough. I want to try it. So what do I got to do next, Coach Eric? Well, how? Step one is just write down on a piece of paper the question or the problem in a simple yes or no format. Now, what I mean is using using paper is key here. You got to get it written down. You can't keep it up in your intellectual little brain, that computer that can't connect to heart. But using the piece of paper here is key. For whatever reason, doing it on a computer or on a keyboard has been shown to still keep you disconnected from heart, from spirit. It's that mechanical element, and not speaking of the keyboard and the computer itself, but the process of having to to have your brain wired. It's interesting because when you write something, there's an artistic element that's called in. We have to know how to curve the I and loop the O and put the fancy little tail on the M's and things like that. That calls into our creative being when we write it down. So there's something about writing things down that resonates differently with people. And if the problem is complex, you want to get as gooey into it as you can. You want to distill it down to its most actionable essence. You want to get the best flavor out of it. And to do that, you need to be able to, to get intimate with it. And by that, I mean actually write it down. Now, a question that might pop up, 
excuse me, is do I, am I passionate about this job? Should I take this job? Should I end my relationship? Should I continue in this relationship? Should I go left or should I go right? And in writing it down, you're talking to yourself and your spiritual self and you end up beginning to hear a different form of answer. But make sure you write the question in a yes or no format. And then just write the word yes or no below it. What comes natural at the end of the sentence? Should I end my relationship? Close your eyes, take a deep breath. No. Yes. Now this isn't Ouija board kind of writing thinking, but what it is is when we still ourselves and we ask ourselves from the external, as in the writing, we allow the answer to come up. Now leave this piece of paper and pen nearby. Put it on the side of your desk, your kitchen table, your nightstand. Tack it on the refrigerator. Do whatever you want. It, it, it's, it's to put it in a place that both you are aware of but not distracted by. So that when you go to the kitchen to get something out of the refrigerator, when you're working on your desk and you look out of the corner of your eye, when you go to bed at night and you see it, it triggers something. You've got to trick your mind not your mind into not focusing on the question to get the most objective answer possible. If, you can, if, if it can be somewhere else you frequent, that's fine. But I like putting it on the kitchen refrigerator because I'll be focused on getting out a snack and I'll see the question, should I end my relationship? No. And I'll walk away for a minute. And what happens is that subconscious mind begins to process it and think about it and, 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 and use it behind our back. When I, when I go to bed at night and I don't sit there and I study on the question like it's my SATs or my, you know, uh, GMAX. Instead, I, I just simply glance, should I end it? No. And what happens is that energy of no or that energy of yes begins to settle into me. And as I sleep or as I wander through my day, I begin to feel connected to it or disconnected to it. Go and do something that distracts you from the question for a couple of hours. Some of my best thinking happens when I'm not supposed to be thinking. And I'm sure that happens for many of you as well. You know that, ah, when I was in the shower this morning, um, this came to me. Or, I can't believe it, I finally made a decision. Oh, what were you doing? Oh, I was playing tennis, I was riding a bike, I was at the beach swimming, whatever. For me, when I've got big thinking to do, the last thing I do is show up in my office. You'll see me out in the yard doing grunt work, kind of yard work, you know, whacking down trees and raking up leaves and, you know, really turning the soil because I know that when I'm disconnected from the question, then the question begins to vibrate and resonate in my subconscious, my spirit, my soul. So take a walk where you simply allow the question to hover around you. Don't think about what you want to be thinking about. Think about everything else. You need to sometimes take your mind off the question in order for the question to be answered. Whenever you encounter that piece of paper, 
grab your pen and close your eyes. Now, if you spent a whole, you know, a half a day or an afternoon away from it, you haven't been obsessing over it. You haven't been tormenting. You haven't been rationalizing it. Just look at it. And then the next thing that comes to mind, open your eyes and without hesitation, circle yes or no again. Write it a second time. One of the tools that I often use in this understanding my gut, going with my gut, is I like to close my eyes and I visualize if I had chosen yes. So if I had chosen yes, what would my life look like? And I see myself standing at a fork in the road in the woods or on a, you know, a path, so to speak. And if I had said yes, and I see myself not in the question, not in the decision, but after it. So, for instance, if the decision was to move to Seattle to take a job, I don't see myself in the process. I don't see myself in the question. I don't see myself in, in, the, in the change. I see myself after the change. And I ask myself, what would that feel like? What would my friends be like in Seattle? What would my job be like in Seattle? What would the weather be like in Seattle? What would the bank account be like in Seattle? What would my kids and my spouse and all of that feel? How would it take me to travel home to see friends and families? How would I feel about being away from family? And I sort of start to paint that picture of what life a normal Monday afternoon in Seattle would feel like. And the more I paint that and the more I paint that, the closer I begin to move towards it. And I just sort of then do this little gut check. I sort of like, how do I feel about that? Am I being pulled towards it? Do I feel myself drawn into that vision, to that image, to that thought? Am I excited? Is my, is my, my tempo slow and relaxed? Or is it racing with fear and doubt and insecurity? Are my hands sweaty with, with, with fear? Am I trying to constantly push things into the vision that don't match up? like a Concorde jet back to Minnesota to be with my family versus just a natural everyday plane trip. How am I trying to manipulate that image and how much energy am I putting into making it feel right? And after I've done that, then I return back to the center of the fork in the road or the middle of the road, so to speak. And I'll say, okay, what would it feel like on a normal everyday Monday had I not moved to Seattle? Had I stayed here or had I said no to the job? What would the bank account look like? What would my family look like? What would my health look like? What would my network of friends look like? What would the next opportunity that would come to me look like? How would my career be shifted, changed, increased or diminished? And I ask myself these questions, again, not based on the decision that I've made it, but assuming that I've already made the decision to know, what would I feel after that? Because what's interesting is in our mind, if we can travel back in time and remember what it felt like when we got rejected at the high school dance, we can apply that same principle to assuming that we said yes and move into the future and see what that feels like. Or if we move into the future and say no, what does that feel like? So I go into that place in the future and I listen to my body again. I listen to my breathing. I listen to my pulse. I feel into my gut. Again, are my hands sweaty? Is my pulse racing? Does my tempo feel out of balance? Or do I feel in harmony with that decision? 
often even just the physical act of turning my head left or turning my head right to match that decision I can feel the resistance in the motion of my head and my shoulders does my head more quickly turn to the one direction does it lift up sort of seeing into the horizon or does it drop down and look to the ground in sort of melancholy sadness so often we work from a place external what would the and we ask ourselves what would people think what will they say if i don't what will they say if i do what will what and we get so caught up in that outside life by committee that we stop listening to our internal gut that internal dialogue that's happening and this meditation this practice this gut check game does not take a great deal of time and effort i'm not saying this is an hour long meditation done over a course of 30 days in some far off you know temple on the top of a mountain in orange robes on rice diet you can do this in the fraction of a moment within your office when you have to make a decision do you work with this client do you not do you sign the document do you not being able to just still long enough for a moment and ask yourself if i say yes if i say no if i go left if i go right how will i feel what will i feel because here's what happens so often we already know the answer and our personal fear false evidence appearing real that external person that's watching and monitoring us holds us back from listening to ourselves because we're more worried about what other people will say than what we'll actually do that we fail to take action we've got to get everybody in the room's opinion and then five extra people just to be sure when all along you have known in your heart of hearts your soul of souls your vision of visions what your life needs to look like now you may not know every stone upon the path which your foot will land but you know if you've been out in the woods and you've had to cross a creek and you've had to figure out which steps which stones to step on and which ones not to get across dry to get across with your feet still being dry most of us have enough wisdom to know that the one covered with the green slimy stuff is not the one to put our foot on. We don't have to experience that. We know that. In our decisions to build our business, in our decisions to grow our companies, we know we were the birther of the idea. We created the company. So who better knows what the next best step is? Now hear me when I say I do take counsel from others. I'll ask the accountant. I'll ask you know the marketing director I'll ask the people who are best in their field on how to implement an idea how to execute but when it comes to the core decisions of how my life is going to be run which ultimately ultimately reflects how my business is going to be run I got to know me and I got to be true to me because I don't want to end up in a business that is governed by committee that when it fails everybody else gets to leave and I have to stand there and deal with it. I want to end up in a business. I want to end up in a position in my life that I am in harmony with. I feel comfortable and confident and sure that maybe it's not the biggest or the fastest or the shiniest, 
but it is the most true to what my desire and purpose was when I began. Now, in the e-myth, we often talk about that idea of the entrepreneur, the manager, and the technician. It is that entrepreneur spirit that gets me up and out. It is that manager spirit that keeps me grounded in the present and managing it. And the technician that always wants to do it better than anybody else because they have the skill and the talent. All of those three do not reside separately from me, but within me. And when we take time to do the gut check, when we take time to listen in, we have the committee within us that will guide us on how to do what's next best for our company. And then we have to take action. We cannot simply sit on the sideline and say, ah, this feels right. We have to move into it and move into it boldly. Not timidly, timidly, not cautiously, not without reservation and doubt, you know, holding back like, well, I'm going to try it, but I'm not going to give it all. I'm not going to put everything I need to into it, all my eggs in one basket. No, we have to boldly go into it with all force and energy that we can supply it. Because if we don't, then we're really not following our true instinct. We're not following our true gut. We're not really living into the moment. If we hesitate, we allow that voice of doubt, that voice of insecurity, that voice of status quo to creep in and to begin to own the moment. And that's not who we are. Some of us are natural risk takers, those leaders from the front that charge ahead, that take new ground when other people are sleeping. Some of us are cautionary leaders who who sometimes have to have all of the answers and all of the stats and the figures before they take that step. But they take that step. Whatever type of leader you are in your life and in your business, you have already been fully resourced with the idea of what to do next. What you have failed to do often, and history would show it if you took the time to look back and see it, is to listen to yourself out of your self-doubt and insecurity and fear of failure and being noticed and ridiculed in the six ghosts that Napoleon Hill talks about in Think and Grow Rich, you have allowed those fears to shut you down and shut you up. And instead you said, well, if I take somebody else's advice, then they take on all the responsibility. Well, that's a falsehood. Because if somebody else tells you what to do and it fails, I promise you, they're not going to wake up in your bed, living your life, just because they told you what to do. They will go on telling other people what to do, living their lives, being people telling tellers of what people should do. And you will be left living your life. And the only person that knows how to live your life is you. And as a coach, one of my responsibilities is to help you find that voice, to listen to that voice, to understand that voice, to encourage that voice, to coach that voice into speaking louder and truer. So as you begin to build your business, know what it is you want to accomplish. Set the vision, set the mission, set the goals, build the vision board, but learn to listen to your gut. Learn to listen to your instinct. Learn to close your eyes and ask, if I do this, how will it feel? Yes, no. Take a moment and write it on a piece of paper. If, should I end my relationship? Then write the word yes. Next to it, write the word no. 
Don't choose anything yet. Just see that those two things exist. Put it on the refrigerator. Put it on the nightstand. Put it on the side of your desk. Let your mind know that at some point you're going to come back and ask it for a definitive answer. Let your spirit know that this is something you're thinking about. Let your gut know it's time to wake up and prepare to give you an answer. Go about your day. Go about your business. Go about your life. Go out and do yard work. Go swimming. Go play a game of tennis. Go for a walk in the woods. Let that question and that resonate with you and and let the committee inside of you begin to form an answer. Then come back to it at a later date. It doesn't have to be immediate. It can be an hour. It can be 10 minutes. It can be 10 weeks. It's up to you. And read the question again. Close your eyes. Listen. Feel. Experience from within the answer. If you need to, use the vision guide of looking up the road with one decision. Look up the road with the other decision. Check your pulse. Check your heart. Check your tempo. Check your 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 energy. Then open your eyes and choose an answer. Yes or no. And then act. Simply act into it. Act into it boldly, courageously, and fully. Because the great thing about life is it's filled with failures and second chances, but it's also filled with success and opportunities. And unless you step into it, you're going to experience neither and you're going to get nothing. Nothing will change unless you're willing to change and take action to make that change happen. So learn to listen to your gut. Learn to trust your instinct. Learn to hear yourself. Develop that skill. Start small. Start simple. Should I have pie tonight while I'm watching Game of Thrones? Yes or no? Now my gut will always say yes, which is part of the problem. But maybe I need to change the question. But what I simply mean by that is learn to start small with the easy decisions. Learn to tap into yourself again. And over time, that muscle and that instinct and that intuition will awaken louder and louder, clearer and clearer. And pretty soon people say, wow, he has a natural ability. He seems to know everything ahead of time. He seems to have a gift. No, I've just learned to listen to myself and my divine self and my true self. And they're never wrong. They can't be. Oh, that was our lesson for today. I hope you enjoyed Success Coaching Live here on a Friday afternoon. I do gather every Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. And on Fridays, we have Fun Friend Friday, where somebody else joins me and we have a bit of fun. So if you've enjoyed this, do me a quick favor. Share it out, comment, give it to a friend. Guide somebody else towards the audience. Guide somebody else towards Facebook. If you haven't joined us on Facebook, do start to follow. My purpose and my passion and my desire is to help others along the journey. Help others discover their success. And by discover your success, I mean living in it daily. Not some random, far off, someday, hopefully goal kind of thing. And I can only do that best through your help and support by sharing and liking and commenting and growing this audience. So I'm not ashamed to ask for it. And if I can help you directly one-on-one as a coach or a consultant or as a think sharer, reach out to me. You can find me at ericgreed.com or Facebook, Eric G. Reed, or, you know, I don't, I don't hide on social media. 
So until we get together again next Friday for another episode of Success Coaching Live, go out and live today with success. Learn to follow your instincts. Learn to believe in yourself as fully as possible because within you is a great, great teacher. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.